Our aspirations as mankind is growing. We have begun to question ourselves and are trying to delve deep within, to understand ourselves and to grow. We want to operate out of a deep sense of purpose. We have realized that humans can alter their lives by altering the attitudes of mind. Here's an attempt to connect, share, get some of the successful people to open up about their journeys. An attempt to delve into their minds, thought process and attitudes, how they think, feel, operate and what are the habits that make them who they are. In the process, accept ourselves with all our insecurities, vulnerabilities, fear and work towards transforming ourselves into better versions for today and tomorrow. I am Sadish Rao. I am an abundance crusader, vlogger, online and network marketer. I am passionate about creating abundance in all areas of our lives. Hi everyone, very happy to have Mr. Srinivasan today on the Abundance Show. Welcome Srinivas. Thank yeah. you, Satish. So I'll just give you a brief introduction to Srinivasan. Uh, Srinivasan is the director of IRA Consulting. He has founded IRA Consulting in the year 2007 to provide consultancy services to exclusively to SMEs. That's his area of specialization. So he has held senior roles in sales, marketing, HR as business heads across wide range of sectors, including FFCGs, pharma, education, internet, and technology. Srinivasan brings in rich experience to the table. At IRA Consulting, Srinivasan straddles between two worlds of business delivery and people processes seamlessly. He currently works with owner teams in clients across trading, technology, consumer, and engineering businesses bringing in clarity of purpose and linkages of business strategy to the people and the systems. So Srinivasan leads the business development for IRA Consulting and he's a BSc graduate with an MBA from Mumbai, Narsimhaji. So welcome to the show, Srini. How are you? Oh, thanks, Sadish. So it's such a pleasure to meet you. How are you? Can you hear me? Good. Good. It's good. good. Great. Great. It's quite impressive. So, Shri, I'm asking you this. Uh, is it okay if I call you Shri? Yeah, yeah. Oh, please. Absolutely. In fact, that's what most people know me as. They, don't, they will not even know my name as Srinivasan. You know. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. So, Srini, uh, let's begin by asking you this. How did this uh, thing about starting something on your own and getting into consultancy business, how did it happen for you? Honestly, serendipity. <laughs> um, when you're in the corporate world and you are doing things, uh, you realize that the next level is more of the same. You know, it doesn't really, you know, every Monday morning, getting up and doing the same thing, asking the same questions or answering the same kind of questions gets on to you. Uh, fortunately, you know, I had a had a good friend who is also my co-founder. And around the same time, he also had the same kind of feelings. So, yeah, a very good friend, family. So we kept talking about it, saying that, you know, someday we need to start something. So he said, yes, you should start. Now, at some stage, we said, okay, this, I will start, you will start, will not work. So the first thing that we did was quit jobs and then said, let us figure out what we need to do. Uh, so that's the first thing that we did. We quit the jobs and uh, we incorporated a company. Now, given both of our backgrounds, you know, it was also uh, very, very welcome. Very good education background, very good professional background. So it was not possible for us to start something like a, a trading business or a manufacturing business. 
uh, you are known for certain skills and capabilities with all humility. So it was natural that we'll get into something like an advisory consulting. But we really did not know where what consulting. Now, if you look at uh, consulting business, uh, and that's a little quick and dirty research that we did at that time. If you take large organizations, if you take uh, ESU, the large organizations, um, large bank, government. And so there are some very, very respectable names, McKinsey, Boston, Bain. If the next layer, if you see, you have the KPMG, you have Deloitte, you have Pricewaterhouse, all this. EY, EY is a big name. But if you go sub 500 crore you know, and the family businesses, there really is not much consulting help available, although sometimes this with this mid-tier mid people go. And if you go down further, I don't know, if you go around to 100 crore kind of uh, companies, there really is no consulting uh, help available. You know, yeah. What happens uh, in that kind of scenario is there are businesses and there are consultants available. And I would name them as good Samaritans. You know? So there are people who have retired from large organizations and really want to do some good things. So they know some people. So some people know them saying that, sir, why don't you come and, you know, advisors so they are available in advisory position in the name of consulting so either they come with some general background general management background and they are available or there are some people who come with some very specific skills so somebody knows taxation like the back office hand so he advises on taxation or somebody has done exports business for long so he can advise on exports or somebody is also you know uh, he can open doors he knows few people or he has worked with government so they come with very specific skills. But when we started meeting some people, now we did some very crazy things to meet people. You know, we we went and uh, met some industry associations. Uh, we went some went and met some banks and said, "Oh, do you have a SME portfolio? And can we meet some of those people?" So we went across and tried to figure out what's happening there. And we realized that there is not much of consulting uh, help available at that stage. And uh, the economy was doing well. SMEs were looking at, you know, this is about 2006, seven. Um, economy was doing well. So before the 2008 crash, you know, all that stuff happened. But somehow India got got through better. And the SMEs were still sort of looking forward to doing things and all that stuff. So we went to industrial clusters. We went to Thane Bilapur Road. We went to Bagle Estate. We went to Vasai, trying to figure out. And that's where we realized there's a huge uh, class of people available Either they are family-owned. If you look at typically the SMEs also, they, you know, they are either a single man or a single family or a group of friends kind of startups. That's how they are all, you know, two partners, three partners. So they all needed help. So they were reaching a point, reaching what we call as an inflection point. And after that, they are not growing. That is where we said possibly our capabilities, our past you know, assistance could help. Uh, but we were quite surprised, you know. It's not; it was not a cakewalk because the uh, stereotype of an SME owner is, you know, really, if you think of an SME, you know, they say "lala wala company," "tupi penta," you know, "dhoti penta." That's the kind of imagery that people. It's not true. Um, today, SME owners are very well educated. A lot of them are much, much, much better educated. They are very articulate. They're very clear what they want to do with life very clear what they want to do. They are second generation. Uh, they are, some of our customers are, you know, from Ivy League uh, kind of education, masters, PhDs. 
but they still need you know consulting help and they are so humble to accept that they need consulting help and they say yes this is something that you will need to go to the next level so beyond all this is where the sme consulting as a business started. even today if you i don't i mean you are a network marketer yourself on social media so if you look at google you know sme consultants who really don't get very many names they are very localized so that's the sort of background how we got into uh, sme consulting uh, over last 14 years and by god's grace very interesting very interesting so uh, what exactly do you bring to the table uh, shrini in terms of your yeah. offerings in this uh, sector yeah so essentially there are four areas you know um, the first area is you know when we go to an organization or why an organization would like to work uh, or seek a consulting help from an ira consulting kind of company uh, they are working and at some stage they realize that we are not growing now how do we know so their turnover starts sort of plateauing or their profit numbers are plateauing or their customer numbers are not growing so that is when they realize oh i am not growing and sometimes they also compare themselves with some other company very similar company we started together that company has become 500 crore i am stuck at 25 cr so we bring in what is called as business strategy to understand because if your organization is stagnating your original strategy has sort of played out your original strategy can only bring you to 25 it cannot take you to 550 55 100 although you may have i mean how can you say that a 25 crore company cannot grow mm-hmm. it's almost like saying a hungry man has got uh, suffering from indigestion it's impossible <laughs> so uh, so it is, so there is a business strategy issue so uh, that is where we bring in business strategy which is to identify what are the business drivers what work what doesn't work what are the strengths of the organization what should be worked upon um what are the if you look at the business uh, structure what what is it that is inhibiting growth and so on and so so the second area that we work is in the area of business process which is contrary to the common belief satish um, there is a humongous amount of data available in smes you know we always believe that you know large companies with you know, fancy software it have you know, of course there's big data and data analytics and business intelligence and all these big words are being used in uh, you know in corporates which is good they are possibly are using a lot of that data smes also have a lot of data it's just that it is not uh, available in a in a good usable format for the owner they, for example if you go to the stores department there is enough w- data available on what are the what is regularly used what is the frequent use uh, what are the you know dead stocks so on so there's a lot of data if you go to quality there is enough customer complaint data internal rejection data if you go to production there is internal rejection data vendor is humongous amount of data available or if you go to the sales department there's so much of data available on inquiries convert but the problem is that you don't have the departments aren't talking to each other not because you know in, like in a large organization they work in silos but there is no connecting dot so to speak so there is not there is not much of data available and many times there is no culture of data so uh, what happens is you know the subordinate comes to owner and says sir i have this problem the owner uses the data plays in his mind and there is an intuition that is overlaid on it and then he gives a decision and the decision is implemented but there is amount of data available so we help put in business processes put in you know so that the data comes in uh, you know there is a lot of reviews clarity understanding 
the entire organization works on data because better data will help you to make better decisions so that is all of us know you know that is basic the third area that we work is in the area of you know uh, people processes smes run their companies with their heart which is good mm. which is why you find in a lot of smes you know people have been working with the father or with the son and also now the grandson you know there is a lot of loyalty my family beti ka shaadi hai to i will give you money you know, a lot of things today uh, in covid you see you know a lot of corporate saying that you know we are going to protect salary and all that even without covid we know in smes they were protecting you know somebody dies you know you provide money to the person you take care of education there are a lot of people who are put in lot of social you know structures to help far bigger than the size you know far bigger than the size so yeah. but you can't run the organization like that when you are when you start growing you know how you can run a 20 crore organization you know every person you know the family you know acha tumhara bachcha kya kar raha hai and kind of stuff kind of discussion happens when you are a 500 crore company that is not possible some recruitments you may not even be part of so you yeah. need to have a good sales good people yeah you know people processes good in an organization structure uh, policies many times you know there are a lot of changes in the government policies and you need to have those kind of policies for example if you have x number of women employees you need to have something related to sexual harassment all that stuff mm-hmm. so we need to help them put that so many times the organizations are not registered with psic we need to help them to understand the implications of all that so in those processes you know training methodologies things like that the last of course is you know uh, is in the area of sales and marketing because the growth will come out of sales and marketing absolutely if i make a good product doesn't mean customer is going to come to my doorstep i need to go to his doorstep and she yeah. has a choice whether she wants to buy from me or not so therefore i need to have a sales and marketing program so mm-hmm. largely smes work on what we have decided defined it as reactive sales and marketing an inquiry comes and i will respond hmm i need to generate inquiry or i need to look at the data and say based on this this is the kind of inquiries i should be i should say that these are the kind of people where my conversions are better these are the kind of organization where my price is better so yeah there is a lot of intelligence sitting there and we help them put those programs in place and so those are the four areas but the key thing is in smes that is what we have found is it is not diagnostics and solutions by the way we have created a lot of uh, proprietary methodologies for diagnostics you can't use what we all learn in mba schools for uh, diagnostics so we have to put in a new methodologies because there is a mm-hmm. cultural context to any organization so you need to include mm-hmm. that when you are doing the diagnostics so the most important part of the delivery is what we call as a rubber meets the road which is the implementation so if you say change the organization structure to this you must be willing to help the organization move to a new organization structure and just i mean we are just doing a, cli- a client who is into capital equipment when we are undergoing some fundamental organizational change and we are working with the people and some people are saying sir no 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 i was i was doing that work now i should i do it? no no don't do that work do this work so there is a lot of change and you need to help the organization shepherd the organization to the change work with the owner work with the teams so implementation is is a very key thing by implementation i'm saying hand holding the team so that the transformation comes which is why our projects are long you know one year one and a half years two years yeah. we have with a client we are working with the last, the last seventh year now so wow. it's, it's just it's just and as they keep going newer requirements newer needs so that's the possibly the differentiator why 
clients sort of prefer us. Very nice. I think you're filling in a gap for that segment of people who are actually not being looked after in terms of an external help. And also, for me, also having uh, suffered in two businesses, my two earlier businesses, I realized the importance of consultants, you know, where we had some amazing consultants that we used to work for in the sales and marketing area for the, my mm -hmm. previous two businesses. And uh, mm -hmm. the kind of value that they added and brought to the table was you know, amazing because what happens is that they bring an outsider's perspective, number one. And also their experience might be very deep rooted in terms of uh, the expertise that we really need for making the business a success. And in Absolutely. all fairness, in any business, if you have partners, uh, your expertise might be limited to the certain roles that you play. Uh, whereas True. there is an external consultant coming in who can look at things in a perspective of an you know, overall perspective, keeping all the functions in mind and looking at how they can add value. It makes a huge difference to us. You know? Absolutely. In fact, one um, additional point, uh, Satish, is you know, many times sure. uh, we are able to bring in a cross industry. So we have used a trading company's mm -hmm. model or a chemical nice. manufacturing organization. So if you use a, some services business, uh, you use an engineering industry of saying that, oh, this is something that we did, but fits in here. If you are a service, you may not see the connect, but outside yeah. we are able to synthesize that knowledge and bring in that value uh, to the client. So not just looking at it holistically, but also cross industry saying this is something that can work for you. So that possibly Very adds add value. Very interesting. Good. So uh, Srini, uh, can you share any interesting case studies that you can share without you know looking at i mean if you should not hinder with your confidentiality issues that you have uh, anything that you can share with yeah. your audience um no absolutely i mean uh, even if i tell you the name you may not know because they are all small organizations they are not you know organization which are listed and so on and so forth but uh, to be honest every assignment for us has been a it's been a huge opportunity to learn ourselves we have learned so much in the last 15 years of our existence um, I'll give you one, I'll give you two case studies. You know. One case study would be where we had a company which had a trading business, a service business, and a small manufacturing business. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, when we started, they were about 23, 24 people and mm -hmm. about 10, 12 crore kind of an organization. Mm -hmm. But just about head above water because they were very heavily invested heavily selling the trading focus on the trading the trading they were trading in equipment when we entered we analyzed everything we realized that the equipment trading is a large volume but very low value whereas the service business is a very high value but very low volume business and was sort of chugging along it was really not catching the owner's attention as much over a series of meetings we helped him understand that this is different the equipment trading will always be doggy toward the world. You start tomorrow, I will start. Things will happen like this. But the service is a very big strategic change that you can bring in. Over two and a half years, we help them move from a pure trading company to a service under trading company. We help them recruit better people and so on and so forth. So much so that the organization became, I would say, reasonably profitable. Reasonably profitable from where they were. They didn't have cash flow issues and so on and so forth. And over a period of time, they split the equipment business and the service business. And they added one more service line. Apart from service, they also added training, which is another service, which is a higher value added service. So that was a beautiful. But most importantly in all this, the team became 65 people. So somewhere along the line, we helped them add 40 new people. 
and they are not the kind of iits and kind of they were all normal from smaller institutions people with smaller expectations in life somebody some people coming from rural areas to place like mumbai and working for a large organization for a reasonably large organization very professional place so we take pride from the fact that you know we added uh, 40 people we did similar work with a company which is into quality uh, into specialty chemicals mm-hmm. when we started there were some 30 not people eight odd workers and five odd staff over a period of time they started moving better 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 by the time we completed the assignment in about 5 years time they added um, there are about 50 odd people with two large plants uh, new product lines your r&d setup exports which is almost 30% of the sales and the company has added apart from turnover added new people so wherever we have gone you know uh, with all humility again i'm saying uh, they've added people so you give an employment msme is in any case the largest employment generator after the agriculture after agriculture that is known but if you keep adding better and better quality people somewhere along the line you sleep better and say okay you added something to this organization you added a breadwinner in a family those are things that sort of really give a lot of satisfaction the other thing of course is that you know we have made some very very good friends you know that has been a huge huge uh, i would say case study for us as an organization very very well wishing people in in fact in certain meetings we are referred to as part of the family we are part of their family functions marriages other not so good thing happening but through a thick and thin we are part of that so those are some very big wins uh, not just case studies as as, as we would like to call venus venus yeah very good very interesting so uh, considering current situation and the uncertainty that we are all going through especially i think uh, smes also would have definitely got a hit <clears throat> what yes. is your message to owners of businesses today last may we conducted a uh, a survey among our customers 60 odd people responded uh, it was a google survey and based on that we conducted a webinar in may so if you have time i'll email you the uh, the study for your reference sometime um uh, so the stress was very high last year and unfortunately it continues we had some breather we saw the specialty chemicals industry is doing well we saw them some of these uh, you know services businesses doing well but the engineering businesses the transportation business the logistics businesses the infrastructure business uh, we can see they collapsed uh, the equipment businesses they all collapsed what kind of collapse some organizations said our order book is sort of vanishing customers who said that i will place order in april april is locked down and they said no orders now i don't know so there was a lot of uncertainty and yeah a uh, lot of committed things did not happen so now that again the lockdown has happened just second wave has happened people are predicting a third wave one doesn't know one keeps fingers crossed um the only message even then we were talking to a lot of people uh, I, i was invited to talk to a couple of you know couple of close family uh, close industry associations so to speak saying what should we do our sincere advice has been uh, conserve cash so one thing that people learned is that they, they could work with something less so if you kept 90 day stock in your store you can afford to work with 45 day stock in your store 
either the money is in stores or it is in the bank so better keep it in the bank if you can work with you know lesser people work with lesser people so you can ensure that you can be more efficient you know if you can work with a smaller office space why do you go and hire a new office space yeah. uh, if you can drive a lesser car it's still okay <laughs> you know you don't need to go for a mercedes benz i mean and nobody wishes that you should not do for our citizens but if you can conserve cash so that was the first thing that we said the second thing is you are used to a particular level of efficiency levels the productivity has gone up because your number of people have gone up so don't become unproductive again ensure that that productivity tightness remains in the business so that is something that is important the third is uh, take care of your good people now good times may come bad times may come worst times may come better times may come we don't know future but some of your people stood by you they worked night and day they came when the lockdowns were there they opened the shutters they drove the vehicles they unloaded stuff take care of them some of those people uh, worked far beyond their educational qualifications far beyond what they were capable of they showed you what they are so take care of them ensure that you know those people are protected so largely those are the three messages that we have given and that is a message that i would like to give even now work with lesser cash conserve your cash keep it with you for a rainy day like an ant would do keep more money with you because the rainy day is going to come again second thing of course is work with much better efficiency third of course is take care of people so these are the people who will take care of more pandemics god forbid if they come yeah wow so well said shrini very nice very nice very powerful very simply put and very nicely very powerful message very nice so uh, for you uh, in the consultancy business how has it been for you in the last one year how did you manage how did you pivot i was hoping that you'll not ask this question <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it was a terrible one year you know yeah. it just i mean we weren't prepared for it Uh, we were just not prepared for it till about february you know it's around march that we start recruitment uh, about around january is when we start our recruitment uh, by june is when people start joining us and uh, you know i i was on a holiday in june, january so we sort of postponed by a little um, we said okay march we'll start the recruitment so on so forth we had our business plans ready so we said whatever we are today uh, current indications are showing that you know we'll be Two times what we are today. So we started preparing for a lot of those things. Suddenly the lockdown happened, and you know, yeah, yeah, we didn't know what happened. I mean, last few days we didn't know. We weren't talking to each other, saying, "Boss, we are not figuring. We weren't figuring out what's happening. We are not used to it, right?" So, but we gathered courage around the first week of April. Uh, for the first time, we started using Zoom. <laughs> We didn't know what a Zoom. So some of our younger team members said, oh, "Sir, this is what it is. You know, this is how you use Zoom." So somebody said, "Handheld us, and you know, we use Zoom for meetings." And then we said, "Oh, we have two choices. Is you know, one is just hope something will happen, or do something about it." So that is when you know we said, "Okay, uh, let's see what we can." So and uh, we we. we got hurt uh, very very badly and i can assure you that any lesser organization would have crumbled i am not saying yeah. we are a great organization but our organization is good because of two things that 
sort of stood by us in the in that tough time. One, um, and I want to use the show for you uh, to tell our people, uh, tell anybody in in, a, in any any person who is seeing this. Um, one is, you know, our team stood by us. At this time, you know, there are people who said, "So what, boss?" So we said, "Let us do a survey." Oh, fine. Next day, the survey questionnaire was ready. Day after tomorrow, this was ready. Somebody is talking to somebody. Somebody is talking to some. This is happening. That is happening. You know, and at some stage, you know, we had to talk to people and say things aren't good. I don't know. I mean, whether we'll be able to pay uh, the salaries and things like that. So somebody said, "So what? You know, we can always postpone." Yeah. So you know, you always hear this. You know, this cliche saying, "Shoulder to the wheel." And we, for the first time, we saw shoulder to the wheel. We saw all the sh- all the shoulders on the wheel and said, "So what? We'll all push." It's as much our problem as much as it is. I mean, it is not your problem alone. It's our problem, and let us face it together. So the team showed tremendous amount of character at that point in time. Tremendous amount of uh, capability. Um, everybody said, "So what? We'll beat this." Okay? And some of the senior people came and said, "I mean, we'll manage us." Okay. People came and said, uh, "You know, let's postpone the salaries. We'll take less now. We know the billing is affected, but uh, so what?" We'll take less salary, so uh, that gives tremendous confidence to say, "Fine, so we are in it. We are all in it together, right?" So that feeling was tremendous. It's very empowering, very powerful to say that. Okay, we'll live another day. The second point was, you know, the way our customers support us. I can I can say with a lot of pride, not one customer left us. Not one customer. So whatever uh, you know, work that we could do online, they said, "Okay, continue the work." And the billing was happening. Whatever little billing was happening, you know, uh, some people were out. I mean, they had no work, no work. But there was a lot of people who said, "Don't worry, you know, we'll be there." We didn't lose any business. So those two things, you know, a good team, a team which said, "We believe in this proposition and we want to work." So we have seen bad days. This, you know, the customers, the way they came across and supported us. Some of them gave us new assignments, saying that why don't you do this also for us. So that helped us to see today. And today, if I am happy talking to you, uh, you know, saying that okay, I'm looking forward to a better year. That's also because these two pillars of our business stood by us in those days. If one of them had crumpled, we were near. Very nice. Very nice. I think it also, you know, uh, it also proves and shows the kind of values that you bring to the table in terms of leadership, in terms of how you deal with the customer, because that's what shows up at the time of crisis. You know, uh, they also respond back, keeping all those background uh, information with them, and that's how you groomed your team as well. So it's hats off to you. Good, good, good going. Nice, great, great to hear that, Chini. So, what is, what is, you know, senior people also came back and said, "No, chief, manage it. Don't worry." So it. It's a it's a unique culture that pervaded the organization at that point in time. And uh, you know, my founder, Mr. Kulkarni, and I, we keep talking about you know building a new, unique culture. But we saw culture in play. True. Very satisfying. That time. Sorry, sorry, I interjected you. No worries, no worries. So, uh, what's the plan going forward for Ira Consulting? So we have been working on a few things uh, as we go along. So now, as we look forward, so there are three things that we are working on. Specific three things. One is that today, having been in the business for 15 years, and I said some of the customers have been with us for long, you know, so they have started pushing us for additional services. So we are moving into adjacent areas. So one area that we are moving in is 
create our own uh, ERP. Yeah, we don't want to invest in ours. I mean, we have tied up with an organization which is very well known in IRP, but again, very small organization, extremely high capability. So we'll. So the logical end of a business process is a good ERP. Um, with no malice to anybody, I want to say ERP companies get it reverse. <laughs> They do the ERP and discover the process, which is where the implementation problem starts. We said, no, that is not a good route. In fact, client after client who have gone across and implemented an ERP without a process, they've all shut down the ERP and then work on Excel sheets. So we said, no, <laughs> the trend is different. We come in as people who understand business processes and then advise the ERP as to what you should do, what should be automated. So we've got into that and that is the next step. So we are launching our own ERP. I, by mid of June, it should be it should be going live. It's a cloud-based ERP. The second is uh, you know we are getting into uh, the finance area. We have tied up with uh, with a very well-known uh, chartered accountant firm, but which is also focused on SME. So um, capital structuring, getting funding, whether it is debt or equity, uh, syndication. Many SMEs also at a point in time say, oh, I want to sell off because you know, I don't have a second generation who is looking for it all. No, I just want to sort of take away. So helping them to exit, doing mergers, acquisitions, uh, helping them with uh, you know land acquisition, capital assets, and so on and so forth. So we've tied up with somebody who's very specialized, but also focused on uh, SMEs. So culturally, these two organizations are very similar to us. So there is a lot of mutual uh help and assistance that can come so that is the next step so we are adding adjacent services so that is one the second is uh, we are we have now started making taking baby steps towards taking international uh, orders uh, international assignments so some work has happened some work is uh, is has happened fortunately because of lockdown also uh, we got a little time to work on that you normally do not get that kind of time but uh, we had this time so some baby steps have been uh, taken and uh, we will see some more results in another two, three months time. That will take us international. The brand actually, the IRA consulting brand uh, international. So we are going on our own name. Uh, the third is uh, we are beefing up our team. Uh, now we see a lot of traction coming up. Uh, I mean, we are all hopeful that, you know, COVID vaccine will come. More people will get vaccinated. I'm leaving the politics outside. Yeah. Whatever happens, we'll hope for good things in life. And things will happen. India will get better. And the first green shoots at all, if at all, you'll see, you'll see the SME level. So yeah. we see a lot of hope, a lot of opportunities coming there. So we are beefing up the team, uh, getting more technical people, getting more uh, certified people into the team and investing in our team. So we have started uh, investing in training. Uh, we always did internal training, but now we want to invest in external training. Um, have more people certified on certain specific capabilities um, so we can have offer those capabilities so broadly three areas beefing up the team internationalization and of course adding newer services as part of that that's that's the future that's what is going to get us the next level of billing for the organization wow that's very nice very nice all the very best you for on that topic. so Thank if you, you were to sit face to face yeah if you were to sit face to face with someone who has plans for starting a new venture at this point in time then what would be your suggestion to them and how do they proceed in this stage considering all that's happened in the last one year and where uh, people's expectations are currently what would be your take and what is uh, what is your what is their heart to heart suggestion to them 
Sadish, um, there is never a better time to start. It's always now. Mm-hmm. If you want to start, you just start. You know, you can't start doing spreadsheets and this and that, talking to a lot of people, and then ultimately, you'll have one third of people will say, no, don't, don't get into business. I mean, get into jobs. One third of people will say, no, no, start. Third people will say, I will do what your heart says. <laughs> it doesn't give you any. It doesn't make any sense. If you think you have something unique to offer, right? And there is a larger purpose behind what you're trying to do. You must. There are constraints. At at every stage of your business, you will get constraints. You will get roadblocks. You will get a lot of hurdles. And you are a businessman yourself. You have seen, like you started in the initial stages, two of your businesses, you struggled, and then the third. I mean, if you are unwilling to go through that grind, then you are not an entrepreneur. What is the fundamentally an I mean, that is something that you have learned over the last 15 years. What is an entrepreneur mindset? Yeah. Only one thing defines an entrepreneur mindset, which is risk, ability to take risk. I mean, I, I loathe this word calculated risk. You can never calculate. I mean, how much can you calculate risk? <laughs> because it is still nebulous, yeah. right? You just plunge and then you figure out. You learn to swim. You somebody will throw up a lifeline at you and say, "Boss, Lily, no, I let me pick up your hand." Something will happen. But if you yeah. keep sitting on the shore and hope that you know, you know, should I if the tide is a tide, let it go. High tide, let the tide ebb. Let the yas go off. Let Amphan go. Off, let this go off. It will never happen. You can say today, "Oh, that's COVID." I said it's a great opportunity. There are a lot of businesses which are closing down. Go and buy a couple of them. Yeah. Or you know, become a partner in some of them. Or start yeah. something which that business has collapsed, and if you have the capability, start. There is yeah. uh, there's also one very good uh, reason why you should start. Liquidity is in the market is, is the market is full of liquidity. There are no good businesses to lend. So there is enough debt available. When we talk to bankers, they are saying, Sir, if you have any client who is wanting, I know we can be very competitive. Interest rates are not you know very competitive. You can be you can get good debt. If you have a good uh, help, you can help negotiate. Equity is available for a good business. And most importantly, some very good talent is available. You know, some very good people, unfortunately, have lost jobs. And they are looking for uh, a reasonable and uh, very meaningful assignments. So, you know, you can get very, very good talent. We have been telling our clients that we won't recruit now. Some very good senior salespeople are available at you know unbelievable salary levels. People who are looking at a crore of salary, boss, I'm okay with a 30 lakh, but you know, give me a give me a good assignment now. I, I'm done yeah. with it. So I mean everything is going for you. There is a market which is going for you, there is finance which is going for you, there is talent going for you. Why would you not start? You look at real estate, for example, if you want to buy an office today or rent an office today, rentals are going up. I mean. Yeah. Crazy rates. Yeah. I mean, what else do you need yeah. to start a business? All that you need is a good proposition, a larger purpose, and that ability to take risk to say, boss, I am plunging and burn the bridge. Don't tell your boss that I am quitting. I'll take six months. If I don't, I'll come back and sit at the same place. No, burn the bridge <laughs> and go ahead. I'm sure there will be success. And success is never a linear graph. All of us know that. You will reach a success, but it will always be, you know, the graph will always be up and down, up and down, up and down. But somewhere you'll reach where you should reach. 
right? If you know that this is where I want to be. But if you keep saying that, you know, every month, you know, I'm very happy with you know, my bank account being hit by, you know, X, X lakhs, X crores, and that is what I want, then this is not for you. So the entrepreneur and an employee are two different animals. Yeah. You can continue to be in an employment, see? Nothing wrong in it. All of us were there. Yeah. You, were, you were there. I was there. So there's yeah. no problem. I'm not saying that's wrong. But if you think that you want to start, switch off. <clears throat> I keep telling this. My colleague, you know, uh, quit a job where he was a CEO of a, of a large organization. He just said, Bas ho gaya, yaar. Kal se mein When I quit, when I, when I, when I said, yes, we are joining, interesting. I moved to a new place. I had bought, I had just bought a new house. My wife was carrying my second child. Mm. And two years prior, I had lost a job to some restructuring and, you know, large companies, these things happen. And I laugh it off. That time I was quite, <laughs> losing a job was, you know, sort of thing. Everybody started asking, kya ho gaya? Kya? You know, that's the kind of message. But today, a lot of people, you know, losing jobs, okay, we were also in the startup and, you know, the funding went off and so on. So I laugh at it. My wife and I sit down, sit down a cup of tea and we laugh at it. But, uh, I mean, so... That was the worst time to start, right? So there is EMI going on, there is this going on, that going on, the child coming in. Worst thing, that guy leaves a lot. I mean, people said, boss, you are crazy to leave a job like that. He said, yes, I'm crazy. <laughs> so what? So we started that business. So the, you can never time it. Don't go to an astrologer and waste your time. Yeah. Not. Just start. This is the best time to start any business, according to us. Wow, so well said, Shini. Uh, that's very powerful. And in fact, I like that word of calculated risk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Risk can never be calculated. Very nice. Well according to yeah. yeah. So great, Shini. Uh, so it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Shini. Uh, uh, the point so succinctly you put it across. And uh, you know, it was very interesting and uh, very interesting always chatting up with you. All the very best yeah. to you at Thank Consulting. You, Thanks, and Satish. Do all your business too. Thank you. Thank and if you. you need consulting, please call us. Perfectly. Sure. Sure. That's for sure. <laughs> I, you can't stop a salesman from me, you know. Absolutely. Sure. I know that. Yeah. Catch up. Thank you. Thank you.